Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another flashback, not a flashback, follow-up from one of our key people that we have loved having on the podcast. We are back with Crystal Fox today. If you have not listened to her part one, we are a year later. This is actually a follow-up, and Crystal is the beauty queen behind Beauty Queen Insurance, and we did a great kickoff with her when she kind of kind of sort of first get started. I'm not going to take away her story in any way, shape, or form, but we did do an initial podcast with her about a year ago, if I remember correctly, and this year, we are in 2023, catching back up with her, watching this woman knock it out of the ballpark. So Crystal, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Teresa. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be back on. I can't believe it's been a year already. I know. I know. And I think, were we your first podcast experience? Was that correct? Yes. 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 Look at you. Look at you. And now you've been on a couple of others. You've done some other types of promotions, getting out there, being able to do some of that thing. So tell me a little bit about Beauty Queen Insurance. And again, we're not going to go back over everything from last time. Last time was kind of getting up and running. You were, tell me how far along in your Beauty Queen Insurance journey were you when we did our last podcast? We were probably maybe six, seven, eight months in. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking six, seven months in. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So now we're a year, year and a half, a little bit over a year and a half in. Tell me a little bit about your journey and tell me what you've been up to. It's like I said, it's been a year. It's been a whirlwind of just, you know, going, growing and going as we go and figuring out carriers and their services and states and state regulations and every state's different. So it's just been incredible. Beauty Queen Insurance, we focus on insuring all things beauty, med spa, day spas, permanent makeup is really a bulk of our business. Permanent makeup is one of those excess and supply carriers that you really have to work with. Again, every state has different regulations. So some states require a medical director to perform PMU, which I think is awesome. Some do not. Some, it's not regulated at all, which is kind of Um, So real quick, what is it in Texas? Is it, do you have to be licensed or is it regulated in Texas? So in Texas, you do, you should have at least 40 hours and five models completed. Okay. Just because I'm in Texas and I'm thinking about doing some permanent makeup. So I was like, Sidebar, personal note here, because I'm I'm pretty open about it. I turned 50 in May, so I'm like two and a half, I'm like two months out from turning 50. So I'm kind of in this uh, reorg. In fact, if you're watching the video, I got my braces. Hopefully they'll be off next month. I've got a couple other like minor little things I'm going to do here and there. So, so that was my, my personal jaunt. Sorry, off topic. Go back. I'm sorry. You're good. Makeup is a big thing for y'all. Yes. And we have a lot of insurers in Texas, so I can find one that's close to you and refer you if you need somebody awesome. who meets the requirements and who has those certifications that we look for. So even though some states are not regulated, we do like to have at least 40 hours of training and five models completed. That's pretty much the standard. Um, there's a couple of carriers that we work with for PMU, both are access and supply. So PPIB and Hiscox. Um, that's really been the bulk of learning is, okay, here's the requirements for each carrier and the state. Again, you know, as you know, it gets a little complicated as you get into, you kind of 
look into the waters and it's kind of murky and then you figure out, okay, this insured, they don't meet the requirements for 40 hours and five models. So where can we place them? Mm -hmm. So PPIB does have the same requirements we do and Hiscox, they don't have requirements. So you don't have to have as many hours or you don't have to have the models, but their premiums are higher. Okay. And then you get into, are you an LLC or not? And if you're not an LLC, they will only write professional liability. Really? And if you, yes. And if you are an LLC, they will do general liability and professional liability, but they won't do property. (laughs) So then you have to figure out, okay, where can we put you for property? Because a lot of standard carriers will only insure them and their business if they do 20% PMU services. Well, when their business is all PMU, you know, you have to look at your options and you have to figure out the best placement and the best coverage and making sure will be renewed or, you know, figuring out where to place them. If we can get everything on one policy, obviously that's ideal. If not, you know, you have to explain and educate. And then, so it really just comes down to if you have 40 hours, five miles completed, that's going to be the best for everyone as a client and as a business owner and as an artist, you're going to make sure that you're ready to take those clients and that you have all your insurance all in one policy, which is really the best ideal. I love it. I love it. And that's taken a lot of Unfortunately, in the insurance space, I think one of the things that frustrates me the most about the insurance space is the the fact that that like you're saying, though, is that not every carrier will do every risk of that type. But then they have all these questions and then they have all these nuanced questions like, oh, if you have your LLC, then all the rules completely change. Yes. How have you kept all of that straight? That is a very big challenge for people when they are in commercial insurance is being able to connect with the carriers, keep all of their little tiny requirements different from, I mean, you know, to where you don't waste your time. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. How have you been able to either organize the information, find out, ask the right questions, those types of things, to where it isn't so overwhelming now that you've done the due diligence and now that you've done the work, so that way you can just pop out the business? Because that's really the key is being able to make sure you're not constantly searching every single time. And that's been, you know, like a year ago, kind of massaging, like, okay, what questions do we ask first? How do we know they're a good candidate? How do we know they need insurance? They're ready for insurance. How do we know we can quote their business? Like kind of figuring out the initial steps. So most of my prospects come over social media, whether it's Facebook Messenger, Instagram, usually they message over social media, maybe email as well. And then from there, if they say, okay, I'm a PMU artist and I need a quote. Okay, well, how long have you been doing PMU? How many hours of in-person training have you had? And how many models have you completed? That's pretty much my number one question. If they don't already tell me, if they if I don't already know, that helps me determine where to place them. Or if they say, well, I'm just starting and I don't have those criteria, I explain, well, if you have 40 hours of in-person training and five models completed, here's where we can typically quote you. Here's what the average premium is for PMU services only. We can obviously add aesthetic services to that. um, But if you don't meet those requirements, here's where I have to place you and here's how much that premium is. And it's typically a few hundred dollars more since you don't have those requirements, the training, it is a bigger risk and a bigger liability. Yeah. So typically once I explain that, and I, again, I explain like the LLC and then the DBA, it really helps them because they're like, well, no one told me that I needed to be an LLC or what's the difference between an LLC and a DBA. And so I kind of guide them and give them resources to check out and say, you know, here's the differences. Like I'm not a legal expert. I can't give you advice on that, but here's where I would go 
to look for the answers. And if you feel like you need an LLC, here's the best way to get that started. So figuring out the questions back and forth before we quote them, before it turns and results into a phone call, I try to make sure I know where to quote them with and I have that application ready. So that way there's not a surprise over the phone. Yeah. All that information is out there. They already know what that average premium will be, who the quote will be with. And I walk them through the next process and make sure I have all the the information on the application before I submit it. And then sometimes the carrier will need more information. Of course, we like to have the PMU certificates. We like to have as much as we can on our file. But figuring out the right questions, like you said, to ask before it turns into a phone call. That way it doesn't waste anybody's time. And the expectation is laid out for that client, for that insurance. So that way, when we have the call, they have an idea how much their premium is going to be roughly. Right, right. So are you able to automate a lot of that? Like, how do you, do you have people that like, uh, how do they submit that information to you? Do you send them a questionnaire? Do you do verbally? Because you said kind of all before kind of you go to the phone call, right? Because I think that's one of the things in commercial insurance that we constantly are playing phone tag with people. We're constantly, oh, I have two more questions. Oh, I have another question. Oh, the underwriter wants a new supplement. Oh, da 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 right? It, and it seems like we have to have 83 phone calls before we can even get to the point where we even know if they're, yeah. the, client, the, the carrier is even going to take the option to be able to quote, right? How do you get all that information? Have you automated that or how are y'all doing that? Yeah, so it was kind of hit and miss. You know, you kind of figure out as you go, at first, it was just like before we emailed back and forth or messaged back and forth, I would just say, what's the best time for a call? Let's go ahead and get that scheduled. And then as I was on the phone, we would get to the point, well, how many hours of in-person training, how many models? And they didn't meet the expectation for that application. So then I would have to switch and start a different application. Right. Carrier. So we started the website. So our beautyqueeninsurance.com website up is running. On there, we have a contact us tab. And a lot of people contact us through that. I make sure they know on our social media pages, like that's the best way to really get your quote started. That way there's some email communication back and forth. And that comes in handy for me because I can understand their business, their services, where they're located, how long they've been doing their services. Is it just PMU? Is it aesthetic? Is it injectables? Like a real good grasp on everything as much as I can through social media, through the email. And then when we have the call, I have everything I need. And mm. there's less communication of, okay, submit your application online. It's still going to resor- result in a phone call. Right. Um, if we were to put that application up on the website, it's still going to result in us having to call them, verifying information, getting information. Maybe they didn't fill it out correctly. Maybe there's missing information. Maybe they put some information where they don't do the services. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> or they're not really clear, you know. So right, they'll right. like they'll say something, you're like, what is that? You know, yeah. some weird term about it that you've never heard, or maybe this regional or whatever. They use a certain abbreviation. That's kind of what I found too. People abbreviate things. I'm like, I don't speak your abbreviations. I'm so sorry. Yes. I need to know what this is. Yeah. So right now it's just best that I get as much information as I can before the call, whether it's email, whether it's messenger. Um that way I know which carrier to use, which application to use, and I have an idea of what to ask or what to look for when I'm on the phone call with them. And yeah. then the phone call is typically 20 minutes once I know everything. I'll review everything because I like to have it in writing from them where they say, here's the services that I do. And I like to review that on the phone because you'd be surprised. A lot of people are like, well, I only do PMU. And then as we get into it, they do lashes, they do tinting, they do waxing. So 
I want to make sure they're quoted correctly. What we have found too, if someone contacts PPIB directly, their applications are on their website, on PPIB's website. So someone can go to PPIB, complete that application, submit it to PPIB, and then they'll contact us. And I have to say, well, if you've already contacted PPIB, like we aren't able to quote you, but you can BOR that to us and then we can help you. Um, And we've noticed a lot that the people that go to PPIB directly, they did not fill out that application correctly. So it does result in a requote, maybe twice, maybe three times. So it's just better to have that initial phone call, get everything that we can, submit that. That way it's easier on the insured because when we get off the phone, before we get off the phone, I let them know I need your PMU certificates. I need your EIN if you didn't have it when we review the application. I'll need your consent and medical history forms. That way they know what I need. They can submit that to me. We can get that all together, hopefully in one email. And then when I send their quote to them, we already have everything we need and we can get coverage in place within that next day. Wow. Wow. I love that. I think that is beautiful. So now the best way. Tell me, and I know this may be exactly what we're talking about, but Tell me a little bit about what the biggest lesson that you've had this past year, because you, because, and just for, and I'm, like I said, I'm, we're not going to go over the whole first podcast, right? Like people need to go listen to that for first podcast. Mm-hmm. But when you came into the insurance industry, just as a quick little synopsis, you did not have insurance background. You did not have an insurance history, right? So right. you came on in, you kind of came in during the whole COVID you know, thing, looking for a new career, doing something a little bit different and ended up in commercial insurance. So Tell me a little bit about that last, let me say, 18 to months to two years, because I know that you've been, you did a couple other things at the agency and kind of went into this piece. Tell me a little bit about your biggest lessons over the course of the last 18 months to two years that you've been in the insurance space. Gosh, there's so many. I definitely think I didn't know what I was creating and how fast it would grow. Okay. I definitely think I highlighted a need and hit a need that no one in either world, the insurance world or the beauty industry world, knew what was needed. Um, So I definitely didn't expect the growth, which is a great problem to have. But also, you know, when you're newer and you're trying to figure out your standard operating procedures, you're trying to figure out each carrier and their requirements and what they need. And then a great thing, you're getting quotes, you're getting referrals, you're getting all these submissions. And then all of a sudden you're like, I didn't know what I was creating. I didn't know I was going <laughs> to highlight this need. I didn't know what I was like. I don't want to say I didn't know what I was doing because I knew what I was doing, but also like, I didn't realize it would grow as fast as it did. So for me, managing that like work-life balance, like I worked a lot and I loved it, but also about a year ago, I was like, I have to figure out how to get all of this more streamlined, better yeah. managed, Uh, standard operating procedures. So that way I don't always take work home with me or I can enjoy a weekend and not have to stress about work. But it was something, so that kind of just figuring out the whole process, figuring out the need, highlighting it. And again, going back to really like asking the right questions at that first touch, at that first communication. So that way I knew what to look for, what to ask for and making sure when that time for the call came, I was prepared and the insured knew the expectation of what I would need and where they would be quoted and what the premium would be. Yeah. Um, so that definitely has been, I mean, this whole year, I can't even remember who I was then, if that <laughs> makes sense. Right, you're a whole different I think, person. I think I have just grown and Beauty Queen has grown so much that I don't even, I mean, I kind of guess I compare it to like a, like a baby and now we're like an infant, like you're growing. But I think just definitely getting everything 
in order and you don't know, like you have to start somewhere. Right. So are you going to fail? Maybe, but it's failing forward. So you're figuring out, okay, this didn't work. So what is going to work? And you keep doing that until you figure out, okay, like this is, this is working. Like, I feel like everything's moving along. We have a good way of organizing things. And yeah. after we get the submissions and we send this in and we know what we need and you don't know that until you've been doing it for a few months. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, like I like everything just clicks. Yeah. And you do it. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, okay, like we have a good base start here. And as we grow, yeah, there's things that we're going to keep learning. You'll never know it all, but insureds are great. And I always ask, you know, every state that we get, you don't need a medical director, correct, for PMU, because some states you do, like Oklahoma, you have to have a medical director for PMU services. They're very regulatory and they have to have like 300 hours of in-person training oh, and 20 wow. models completed. So, you know, every state I just review the regulations with them just to make sure that there isn't anything we're missing, make sure the insured knows. We always ask that they have to confirm that they are the CDC health department guidelines, that they follow those, that they've been inspected by city, county, state ordinances. You know, like some states do let you do PMU from your home, but it has to be a separate entrance or like outside of the home, like a separate building. So there's all these different things that you have to like make sure you reiterate to the insured and the insured confirms that, yes, this is allowed in my state. Right, right, right. So, and I love the term that you used, fail forward. I love that because I think when we're in that space and we're trying to figure it all out, it gets really stressful oh. and it gets really confusing and it gets really daunting mentally and emotionally, yeah. not just physically and not just for the client because maybe things take a little bit longer and you're trying to figure things out and you're trying to figure out what questions you haven't asked. I think mm -hmm. that for me is the most confusing thing about insurance is just sometimes, sometimes you get a great underwriter that's like, oh, by the way, you need to make sure that you uh, ask this question, right? And they're nudging you, you know, but other people are like, nope. And then they just move on, right? Like other underwriters, they don't tell you what you need to know, mm -hmm. right? Or what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I really want to encourage everybody out there that's listening to fail forward, to be able to say, hey, this is good, but how can I be better tomorrow? And even though maybe this didn't work, what can I take from this situation to make sure the next situation works? And yeah. just to grow, to constantly grow. And it yeah. doesn't mean that we grow only because things are smooth. It also means we grow when things are not smooth. Mm -hmm. So take that as a part of the business. Take that as part of everything. And I mean, I think, Crystal, you can say as well as I can, there's just so much of that in this industry, especially in the very beginning, that that's part of the benefit of niching down into an industry is so that you can work out all those bubbles and those bumps mm -hmm. in the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone, um, I was in a sales training and they said fell forward and that just like, it makes failing less scary. It well, I think it also makes it less permanent. We think of failure as something with a period. Mm -hmm. We think you failed, right? Like that's a a done, it's a done word. It doesn't mean it's still in motion. You failed, it's done, right? And I think that is so finite and overwhelming for a lot of people. But fail forward is like you're still in motion. And that's what I like about that term. And it's a positive thing. Yeah. You tried, you put yourself out there, you tried. Maybe it didn't work, but that doesn't mean something else won't. So you keep trying. 
you don't necessarily keep failing, but you just figure out what worked, what didn't. And then you're still progressing. You're still moving forward. You're still growing, which, you know, and vulnerability speaks volumes. You know, I think that is open and honest. And when you're vulnerable and maybe you're trying to help an insured and they keep asking questions and then you're like, well, let me follow up. Let me ask. Let me make sure. Because, you know, you want to do the best you can. But if you don't know, you're presented with something new that you haven't had to you know, hurdle across before you're like, I got to figure this out. I'll follow up. I'll find out, follow up with you, give you the right answer. And, you know, and also I think insureds, like they just want somebody to talk to. They've started this business instead of going directly, filling out an application. Those applications you and I know, like they can be intense. They can be overwhelming. They're seven, eight pages. You don't know. And if you've just gotten to school for beauty and no one reviewed insurance with you, no one reviewed business protocols and what you need in place before you start taking clients, you're going, you're completing this application. You don't know if it's right. And probably someone, if you direct it and you email it, you submit it directly to a carrier, that carrier is not going to question you or your business. Sometimes if you have a website, they'll look on your website and your services and say, okay, this service isn't on this application. Most of the time, they're not going to, though. And that's what we've seen a lot where people contact PPIB directly and they contact us. And I say, well, if you've already contacted PPIB, you have two options. You can work with them directly. You can turn it over to us. And most of the time, they turn it over to us. And what we find is they submit that initial application. We get the quote and half of their services aren't on it because it wasn't filled out correctly. Right, right. So, you know, making sure that it's filled out correctly, making sure that And most of the time when they submit that first application and they get their quote or we send that initial quote to them, the premium is lower because we've had to re-quote because they're- Well, you're also adding their other 18 different services, right? Right. Their services or whatever it is that they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's been failing forward is, you know, figuring out like, oh gosh, like, their premium was $1,500 and now it's $3,000. And they've already turned over the account to us. And here's why your premium went up. You do body contouring, you do these services. It wasn't on that first application. And so that gets a little, not tricky, but you have to, you know, massage that when you talk to them and just kind of explain, okay, this quote doesn't have all your services on it. Do you really want to be open to that? If the claim was filed for these services, you have no coverage. Right. Are you okay with that as a business owner? And then let them make that choice. Right, right. So, okay. So we've talked about in the last one as well, a little bit about how you kind of came into this. You found kind of a niche that you felt like would be very beneficial. You went to your management team at your agency that you work with and you're like, this would be amazing. And they were like, um, I don't know. And so tell me a little bit about that journey for them, because I think as, as a business owner, and we talked about this last time too, I would be thrilled if I had somebody come on in and go, oh, I really want to specialize here. I'm willing to run with it. I want to create a brand around it. But at the same point, I know that for them, that was something they had not done specifically before, especially not in the beauty industry. And so tell me a little bit about how they have been able to encourage you, maybe some of their struggles that they've had in that so that as another business owner might have a amazing salesperson come on in and run with an idea like you have, how can a business owner help to be able to fuel that for our team members? 
Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. I think, you know, supporting the idea, making sure the idea that's presented makes sense. It has enough of a niche niche industry to be a business, to have enough referrals. I mean, the beauty industry is so big. There's so many different services that it encompasses a lot. So being supportive, but being supportive of getting out there. I think a lot of times, maybe not as an insurance agent, but a lot of times people are like, they will maybe will micromanage. They want to know what you're doing, when yeah. you're doing it, how you're doing it. So being supportive of not micromanaging, but the numbers speak for themselves and submissions and binds and things like that and premiums and being supportive of just joining networking groups, going out there, really having control of this is your baby. This is your business. Like, obviously we need growth. So what are your plans and how are you going to get in there? So mine was going to beauty schools, presenting to beauty schools, presenting to students, making sure when they graduate, they have an understanding of a policy, what coverages look like, difference between general liability, professional liability, making sure they have somebody, hopefully me when they graduate to speak to insurance policies and what would be best for their business and their services. But I think just as an agency owner, support them, make sure like, I mean, that first year you just, it's going to be growing for everybody. So you figure out what works, what doesn't, what really is resulting in those submissions and those calls. For me, I joined a women in networking business group and it's all women and we support each other. And I've gotten a lot of referrals through that. The beauty schools, that's just been amazing. Sometimes I can go in, schedule an hour for students and go over, here's what a policy looks like. Here's the difference in these coverages. Here's the typical limits. Here's were these services the average premium? And that has helped a lot. But also they all have open houses, beauty schools. Like Aveda has some open houses twice a year, maybe three times a year that all different spas and salons go to. And I'm the only insurance person there. Nice. So the students, now I'm like the insurance lady at these schools. Like they're like, oh, you're the insurance lady. Like you were here last time. I wasn't ready, but I'm about to graduate. Like, tell me what I need give me your info. And, you know, it's just kind of cool to like, when they call, they're like, I graduated. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, how can we help? Like, what do you need? When are you starting? Where are you at? What services are you doing? And um, being the insurance lady and being the only insurance person there really has helped me also network with other salon and spa owners. I love Because that. if they are a booth rent, they're going to need their own policy. Mm-hmm. So having somebody as a salon owner where all of your insurance, all of your stylists go to the same insurance lady. It helps make sure that you know, like everything's in place, COIs are in place, all the coverages are correct, and you know that your stylists are properly insured versus going somewhere random that you hope the limits and the coverages are adequate. God forbid you ever have a claim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you're becoming, you know, the beauty queen insurance 
lady or whatever, the insurance lady in so many ways. But how are you doing that? Because you were in last time we talked 10 different states. So how many states are y'all in now? Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. We're in 39. No way. 39. Yes. Hopefully 40 soon, but 39 right now, which that is, is amazing. Crazy. That is amazing. So how are you reaching out in 39 different states? Because obviously you cannot do education and training at uh, schools or mm-hmm. at, you know, networking type situations in 39 different states. How are you getting the word out for the for the multi-state type conversation? So private Facebook groups have really generated a lot of business for us. And like I, like our previous podcast, like I, as personally, I don't do a lot of social media. Like I personally don't have a Facebook page. I had an Instagram page, but I really don't use it anymore. Um, But now I use Facebook for my business purposes, Instagram purposes for business as well. And the private Facebook groups, my gosh, like it really, once you have a few insureds, and they're like, well, I'm going to tell my friend or my other person that rents out of the suite next to me, they need insurance. And it really has taken off. And now when I see referrals, it's just like so amazing. And people, maybe a year ago, they would contact us and they had just renewed their policy. And I explained like an earned premium where you'd have to pay to get out to cancel the policy. And then you'd have to make another down payment if you went with our policy and just explaining, hey, if you just renewed, we'd be happy to take your business, but here's what you're going to have to do. And if you haven't paid that 25% earned premium, you're going to have to pay to get out of your policy and then make another down payment for our policy. And you know, they'll contact me a year later and say, my policy is up for renewal in a month and I'm ready to move forward with you. And we get the quote started. And it's just amazing that people remember me, that yeah. they contact me, they say I'm ready. And those people, even though like a year ago we didn't write them, they're still referring business for us. How incredible is that? That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's yeah. the power though of that of that niching down and niching, niching, whatever people want to mm-hmm. call it, is because you do really become that go-to person for that community. And these communities, they go to uh, whatever the industry is, they go to trainings that a lot of it, it, the industries have continuing education. A lot of industries have different things that they have to do to be able to keep up and they learn and they meet other people in other states or other areas. And then they can refer you and bring up that conversation about maybe their insurance or what really helped them or that you really took the time to make sure that based on all their products that you really delve deep into their business and all the things that they do to make sure that they're really covered. And that's awesome. So yeah, the private Facebook groups, because there's at least one PMU group that I'm in with thousands of members. So And there's certain rules, of course, like you can't solicit, like I can't go on, I can't post like our business, my business card, contact me for a quote. But if someone was to mention us or tag us in a post, like I can reply, I can put my business card. But a lot of the times, even like you said, like questions, like someone where they're like, well, I don't know if I am W2 or 1099, do I need my own policy? Do I have to have, will I be under the workers' comp policy of my employer or what do I need? So just putting little things like that where thousands of people can see them, they might not need my help then, but hopefully it'll resonate and they'll follow us or they'll see us when other people refer us. They're like, gosh, like this business really, they must be onto something because so many people are referring them. And it's just been those private Facebook groups that have really generated a lot of business um, referrals, networking groups, 
at the beauty schools is kind of like all these puzzle pieces coming together to create this awesome puzzle that just kind of speaks to everyone in the beauty industry, but also we can be their advocate. And we've also noticed that most of the time when an insured would be communicating directly with a carrier, you either don't hear back or it takes a week or you have to follow up two or three times to get someone to respond to you. And we try within two business days to acknowledge your request, acknowledge the contact, acknowledge everything and follow up with you. And most of the time they're like, you know, I might have gone somewhere else, but you answered my questions in a timely manner. You'll be there for me if I need a claim. Like you were able to respond, answer my questions versus other carriers that I've reached out to that they have reached out to that they're like, no one ever got back to me. Yeah. Yeah. So just following up and being a person and answering their questions really has been, I don't want to say the hook, but it really has given us that advantage because it's not, they've submitted their business and it's just sitting in the queue for a week before someone gets back to them. And then when they get back to them, that quote might not be right, that they might still be missing some services. So we're able to follow up quickly. We're able to get the quote started. Once we have all the information, we've asked the right questions. The quote that they get typically, unless there's something that they need to change afterwards, that quote typically is the correct one. The premium's correct. No changes need to be made. And then we can have coverage in place when they need them. Right. 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 I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay. So where do you see yourself going from here? Because you've done so many different things. You've really nailed down a lot of this process, right? So where do you see yourself going from here, either in expanding advertising and being able to connect with the industry and maybe other offerings, products? What do you see coming down the road, because I know that when things get started, we're all like, oh my gosh, and we watch, and we watch, and we watch, and then all of a sudden there's, I, and I'm a squirrel chick, I'm a squirrel chick, I'm always like, squirrel, let's do this, squirrel, let's do that, right, but sometimes we have to go, no, we need to be a horse, we need to put our blinder on, right, we don't need to be a squirrel, we need to be a horse, we need to put our, our blinders on, or I guess horses are not very good at that either, that's why they have the blinders, but I need <laughs> the blinders, and I need to say, okay, I'm going to accomplish this, I will not deter from my path, right, But then you sometimes look back at that squirrel and you're like, oh, that squirrel over there isn't too bad of an idea. Where are y'all going and what are y'all looking for for growth coming up here, say in the next year to two years? So I'm hoping to do more lives. I really put myself out there in December doing reels. I had never done a reel before. I did a reel the week before Christmas. It was a Snoop Dogg reel background. How cute. Affirmation. It had like 4,500 views. Like it was crazy. So I'm like, okay, reels, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And now I'm doing reels, educating about where to go on our website. Permanent jewelry has been something that really has taken off. So um, there's nothing permanent about it. It's not tattooing. It's not anything under the skin. It's just really a chain without a clasp and it's welded together, not under the skin, not on the skin. But a lot of carriers say no because of the welding and the word permanent. So again, that's an excess in supply carrier that we use. And that I did a live with a permanent jewelry trainer and that just took our business to the next level. So I saw the need for lives and we're going to start doing lives. I have a live scheduled with a beauty lawyer because I think a live needs to be educational, but fun, but for the insured so they maybe understand how to create an LLC, 
or what's the difference between an LLC and a DBA, or what are the three things that this beauty lawyer sees that a lot of business owners miss out on or forget, or what needs to happen before they open. So I'd like to do more lives. I think that will help record them, save them on the page. That way they're easily accessible. Figuring out, like you said, what's the newest, the latest, the greatest, trying to get our name out there that way. Practice being uncomfortable, like reels for me. I like doing them, but I'm uncomfortable doing them. Yeah. Yeah. And that helps. I think reels, sharing. I used to really think about when I posted, like the time of day. Okay. And now I just kind of early in the morning seems to work later at night, but now I just have like almost that feeling of, you know, just post it. They're going to see it. The right person will see it at the right time. And then also like, I think Facebook and Instagram, because they kind of stay out there. I mean, as long as people are watching them, they're going to stay out there. Mm So like time of day isn't as big a video. Whereas I know if you were doing something like email or something like that, but like TikTok, Instagram, and even Facebook, I think a lot of people either share it or it's just kind of up there in their in their feed. And I don't know if time of day is as important as yeah. it used to be. And I agree with you, done is better than nothing, right? Done is better than overthinking it and making it too stressful. And I've tried to figure out the perfect mix or balance of posts because you don't want it to be too insurancy and boring and long and no one's going to read that. But if you make it quick, you make it eye-catching, you make it just the gist, just enough for people to ask questions or follow up or reach out to you. Um, But I try to have a balance of like real life or funny or maybe motivational. And then like, hey, did you know to get your quote started, you need these five things or making sure those are sprinkled in, but figuring out that perfect balance of what to post and make sure that it's not all boring and not all insurance because no one's going to read their long insurance post, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. But I also know that even your beauty queen insurance, the industry, and you mentioned, we mentioned this just passing, that each of those industries, nails, med spa, aesthetics, all of those ha- are vastly changing very quickly. They And they go into so many different things, the injectables, you know, you go into like, I know there's that, uh, plasma fibroblasts now for, you know, for, mm-hmm. for aesthetics, you know, and then there's, you know, injectables, then there's like fillers and then there's like facials and then there's topicals and then there's serums and there's creams. And then, you know, there's 18 different ways to get your nails done. Right. And then there's, you know, just all of these different things, right. There's 20 million different ways to get a massage, right. A hot stone massage, a deep <laughs> tissue, a Swedish, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Right. And some of now they're even doing stretching and they're doing all sorts of other therapeutic type stuff. How are you keeping up with the offerings from the insurance companies based on these changes in the industry? How do you stay kind of ahead of that so that that way when somebody calls, hey, we want to add this maybe to our spa or to our offering, how do you kind of stay ahead of that for the industry? So we're always looking, I'm always looking in those private Facebook groups because a lot of those private Facebook groups, those have the professionals in them that know the new tips, their tricks, their trends, or new services that we'll be offering or will help with downtime or help with recovery time. Or So we are always looking. I'm always looking. I get emails from a couple spa resources where they're like, here's the 2023 trends. Here's the services that are going to be hot. And I make sure that we can we can cover them. We know what they are. We understand what they are. So that's where we're always like, like permanent jewelry. That was one that someone had brought to us and we were we weren't really sure what that process was. 
So we researched it. We found out it's not permanent. It's not piercing. It's not anything that sounds like what it is. When you said it, I was thinking like the things that people put like under their skin in some places, like they put like, I don't know, spikes or different things. I think for people that put like on their collarbones, like spikes, or they Mm -hmm. put like like above their ears, they put little things that stick out or whatever, like, but it's all under the skin. And that's totally what I thought of. So you're right. It's very different from what it is that they actually do with the term permanent jewelry. Yeah. So it's completely opposite from what you would ever envision it to be, but making sure like we under, we fully understood the process. We fully understood what training there is or how they put that piece of jewelry on how if it's welded how long does it take is there a piece of cloth or leather between the skin between the jewelry when they're welding figuring that out having videos sending that to the carriers where we say okay here's the service yes it's called permanent jewelry but when you watch the video when you see all of these steps or you really get an idea of it's not really permanent. It's not under the skin. Yes, there's welding, but it's not like an intense welding. It's about maybe two seconds to get the clasp because there's not a clasp. It's a jump ring. So once we present all that, it's just figuring out who will write it, who will not. Mostly right now it is excess in supply because of the welding and just trying to stay ahead of it. But then also presenting what we know to the carriers. So that way, when we have somebody ready to offer that service, we have someone in mind who can cover it and not have to wait a month, two months to find somebody who will cover the service. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Because that, like you said earlier, that speed of getting back to somebody, the follow-up, all of that means also kind of knowing a little bit ahead of time what's going on in the industry and where they're coming to you from and kind of a little bit about those services. So you don't have to kind of start over from scratch. Well, what does that mean? You know, you're not just Googling up YouTube videos, trying to figure it all out. Exactly, because you don't know. And once we've had, you know, two or three really prominent permanent jewelry technicians or they've added to their policy where I'm like, okay, they seem to really know that industry and that service and the steps. I, you know, if I, if we have a carrier who's asking questions about how much it's valued at or what's this or what's this, like I have a couple where I reach out to them and I'm like, hey, I'm going to use you as a resource tell me about this. Is this something we need to know? Or how much was your welding machine? Or how much was this? Or how much is your jewelry? Because most of the time they buy the jewelry either like in like a maybe 10 foot length or on a spool. And then they measure a person's wrist or ankle or neck, wherever the person wants their jewelry. And then they'll cut that into that section and then use the jump ring, weld it together. So I try to make sure that I understand the service, but then also when they're doing it, how much is that jewelry worth? Because a lot of these people don't have a brick and mortar space. It's all pop-ups. Ah, yeah. Okay. So then there's all kinds of different chains. So you could have silver, you could have gold plated, you could have 24 karat gold. So it's all very different amounts to insure. And if you're taking them to pop-ups, you're taking them with you. If something happens, theft, are you out $5,000 in jewelry? Is it $1,000 in jewelry? How much is your welding machine? All of those things where if they don't have a physical location, they're taking all of that with them to pop-ups. Like we want to make sure, yes, we can cover various locations. We want to know if there's any limitations to that, any exclusions. Can they do it in someone's home? Does it have to be in a business brick and mortar to do the service? You know, all of those things that come along with a new service, you have to kind of be ahead of and make sure that you can answer those questions for the carrier. So that way you can hopefully expedite getting it covered or adding it to a policy. So many things to think about. 
Oh my gosh, I know. And they don't, and you know, the funny thing is, is that whenever they, whenever these clients come to us, right, of any industry, I don't care if it's beauty or not, they think, oh, this should just be quick and easy. I do blank. They don't even think about the 8 million questions that go into what are you doing? How are you doing it? Is it safe? Like you said, mobile, can we do it here? Can we do it there? What about this? What are your Mm -hmm. machines? What are your, they don't, and all of a sudden they go, huh. It really makes them really think, right? A lot of times they go, um, and they have to be able to think about their answers. And they don't think about how much they've invested. So when I ask if they want business personal property covered, how much is your jewelry worth? How much is your welding machine? And they're like, well, it's all in section. So I'd have to get back to you. And sometimes it's $8,000. Sometimes it's $2,500. Like it all varies depending on how much they've invested. And just, I think with anything that you go for, for school, or you learn something new, you forget about how much you paid. You forget about how much maybe your kit was. You forget about all those things that you invested in. And then you think back and you're like, holy moly, like I really have more on my hands than I thought I did. (laughs) That is hilarious. That's so true. So true. Like childbirths, we forget about it. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> All those painful experiences are like, it was worth it. Yep. 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 And that's how business is too. I mean, it's our children. It's our, it's our space. It's our, it's our, our joy and something that we're building. And, um, you know, I'm excited that you're there to be able to partner along with them you know, on that piece of business for their, for their aesthetics and all of those different things, med spa through beauty queen experience to help them or insurance to be able to help them really insure and be able to get good insurance mm-hmm. or yes. their baby, their baby, you know, what it is that they're growing and they're spending so much time and energy and effort and financial recourses on. And I think so many beauty professionals, they start with one service and that could be covered under like a ASCP policy where that premium is $200 a year. And right. if it's aesthetics, then okay, maybe it is. But are they covering you? Are they covering your business? Because a lot of times we've seen they'll cover the person, but not the business, which is really oh, scary. Yeah. Um, or they started with microblading for PMU and now they're offering lip blushing and eyeliner. Well, that policy only covers microblading. Mm-hmm. Or they have two policies, one for their aesthetic services one for their PMU services. And then when they contact us, I'm like, we can put everything together. Yes, your premium might be a little higher, but everything's under one policy. Heaven forbid you have a claim. There wouldn't be any question as to where it would fall and which policy would fall under. Yeah, yeah, very important. Well, Crystal, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you about your journey, your products, what it is that you're working on, how can they reach you? The best way is to go to our website, beautyqueeninsurance.com. All of the contact information is there. Frequently asked questions are there. There's a tab for permanent jewelry. There's a contact us tab where if you're doing anything outside of permanent jewelry, you can always reach out to us. Um, Instagram, Facebook, again, Beauty Queen Insurance. That's the best way. Message us. You can always message me and then we'll go and communicate from there. All right. Well, everybody, this has been an amazing follow-up. Crystal, thank you so much for your time today. And we will definitely have you on again. So I love chronicling your journey through this. I think it's inspirational. I think it's great because, uh, like I said, if people go back to that first episode, we really dug into what she did before insurance, how she got into insurance, and now to be able to see that two years later, you are in such a great position with such a wonderful niche market. I love what you're doing and I love that you're so available to talk about it and to encourage other people out there to be able to kind of find what it is that they're really passionate about and really get into for commercial insurance. So thank you so much for sharing. Oh my gosh. And thanks so much for having me on and 
kind of documenting the growth as we grow. It's so exciting to listen to that past episode and I'll listen to this one a year from now and think, gosh, we've come so far. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we will definitely document it. I promise. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. Everybody, this has been another amazing episode of Power Women in Insurance. We're all over Apple, iTunes. We're all over Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you want us to go. Just Google it. So do make sure you look us up. We have another amazing episode every single Wednesday. Give us a review too. Go check us out on Facebook. Go check us out on any of these items and make sure that you give us a review because if you do that, it helps us to reach out to more insurance agents and women in the insurance space So that way we can go ahead and highlight their journey and encourage more women like you inside the insurance niche, whether they choose and however they choose to be able to have a wonderful, amazing career in this industry. Everybody, my name again is Teresa Kitchens. I don't know if I can say again because I don't know if I said that right off. Sometimes I forget, but my name is Teresa Kitchens, your host, and I appreciate each and every one of you and I'll see you next week. Everybody have a good one. Hey agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.